Welcome to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. I'm Grayson Willis. And I'm Pastor Margaret Michael. Thanks for tuning in today. And today we're joined by Debbie Dunn-Frederick. Debbie, how are you doing today? Great, thank you. It's good to have you. And uh, Debbie attends our church here at Harrisonburg First Church of the Nazarene and is here to share her testimony today. Uh, Debbie, just start out telling us about where you're from and a little bit about how you grew up. I'm from a little town called 10th Legion, and it is on Route 11 past the Mosey exit, and it's between Lacey Spring and Newmarket, for people who don't know where that is. Um, I grew up in a Christian family. My mom and my dad and my brother, he's a little bit younger than me, and um, my grandmother, uh, my mom's mother came to live with us when I was very young, and my mom was the youngest of seven children, and uh, my grandmother came to live with us and was living with us for about four years, and that had a major impact on my life. She um, was a dear, dear woman. Her name was Grace, mm. and um, she was just wonderful. Um, she helped me to learn to read, and she taught me all kinds of things, how to make deviled eggs, how to make <laughs> sweet iced tea. She taught me the Lord's Prayer. She was just wonderful. And so she passed away when I was about eight years old, but she lived with us for about four years. Mm-hmm. And then I had uh, cousins who I'm very, very close with. They were like brothers and sister with me and still are to this day that just lived right down the street from me in 10th Legion. Mm. And so I've pretty much lived in this area all my life. When I finished college, I wanted to prove that I could be self-sustaining and independent. So I moved to uh, Washington, D.C. and lived there on my own. Well, I had roommates that I knew from college, and um, I lived there for four months before moving back here and getting married to my late husband, Richard. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. It's a lot of rich story that you just shared with us. Um, it sounds like that your grandma lived up to her name. She really did. <laughs> she really did. I love that name. It describes her very well. Mm-hmm. I could just—I was getting that picture mm-hmm. uh, that she really embodied grace in your life. Definitely. For four years, she she really invested in you. I just think that's the most wonderful experience of people get to experience that having a grandparent live with you is just awesome. I know it's not done a lot anymore, but um, I sure am glad that my mom and dad invited her to come live with mm-hmm. us. Yeah. It was just, it was life-changing. It was very significant in my life. Mm-hmm. I know that because of her, I was able to read even before starting first grade because mm-hmm. she would set me on her lap. I can remember this, and she would read, you know, the Bible to me, And then on Sunday, she would read me the funny papers from the Washington Post. So (laughs) that's how I learned how to read. So that was awesome. Yeah. So 
was faith a part of your growing up? Was that a part? Did you go to church on a regular basis? Yes, we did. My mom was very, very active in the church. And I grew up in the United Church of Christ. Mm-hmm. And it was, there's a United Church of Christ and 10th Legion. And my brother and his family still go there. Um, but I grew up in that church. And we... I uh, went to church every Sunday, and then my mom also played the piano and organ for the church. She very much was in charge of outreach, Christian evangelism, and um, so I just saw that carried out in my whole upbringing. Mm-hmm. Like, she would always reach out to people and have people in our home that just needed help at the time. Um, She really embodied that. And my dad, he worked very, very hard, and he went to church, too. And um, my mom took a second career um, later in life. It was after me and my brother finished high school, and she went back to school and uh, became a minister. Mm -hmm. And she's ordained in the United Church of Christ. And she's been a minister ever since her early 40s, you know, for 40-some years. And she's still preaching so um, and filling the pulpit. Mm-hmm. So it had a significant impact on me. So there was a little bit of ambiguity in my upbringing in that um, my dad's um, mother was Catholic and his dad was Protestant, and so um, he grew up in the Protestant faith. And then my mom grew up as a Baptist, and so she would still take me to some Baptist services in Newmarket, and um, that certainly had a major impact on a young life, too, you know, um, hearing that kind of preaching. So, yeah, it was a, a very full life, and I just saw them practice, you know, their Christian faith mm-hmm. very much day to day. Makes a big difference when it, you it does. have it lived out. What you hear and what you see at home, when they add up, it's a really beautiful thing. It really is. And my mom, she tells me that I would ask her when I could learn to play the organ. I started piano lessons at age five. And she would always say, when your feet can reach the pedals. (laughs) And so um, then we started playing at church together, and that was pretty cool. But she taught me how to play the organ, too. Very good. Yeah. So, Debbie, you talked about growing up in church and uh, both your parents growing up in church and it being a big part of your growing up years and your grandmother living with you and teaching you to read by reading the Bible to you. Yes. But at what age did you make the decision for yourself, like come to a personal relationship where it was not just attending or going to church with your parents or your grandparents, but really that you sensed God drawn himself closer to you? It was right before my 12th birthday, and we had a confirmation class in the United Church of Christ, and I was in that class, and our minister at the time was a wonderful youth minister, and I was learning a lot then and um, through the confirmation and just understanding the Christian faith and what that means and giving your life to Christ. 
all of that, um, I decided that I wanted to be baptized and um, confirmed in the church. And so it was about 12 years old when that happened. And I knew for a while, so I really felt this yearning in my heart. And I understand when people talk about, like, their legs shaking and everything when they know that that's what they want to do and just getting up that aisle to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, But it just, it had so much meaning, and I knew that that's what, Christ was calling. I mean, I could feel the yearning in my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that there have been times where, you know, that yearning hasn't been as great. Um, but just having all of that um, foundation had really helped me through the tough times, you know, having that strong relationship with Christ and knowing that he really did know who Debbie Dunn-Frederick was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And who she needed to be. Yes. You know, he placed people in your life that really fed you, and that firm, solid foundation is something that it has value that there is no, there's no price that you can put on the value of a foundation of faith as a child. No, it really isn't. You're right. My grandmother was really sick, and I didn't even know that she was sick until, you know, she passed away. Well, maybe a year before, and then it felt like we were always at the hospital. Mm. But um, she had um, cancer of Mm. the bladder. Mm. And, uh, you know, many, many years ago, children couldn't go into the hospital, into the rooms, and so you had to wait in the waiting room. But she had a major impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and lots of people did. Mm-hmm. Oh, my uh, Sunday school teachers, too. Yeah, one of them just passed away, and she was a hundred years old. Just my a goodness. dear lady. Yeah, there's something about the body of Christ, the community of believers that. Um, it makes it, we know it's the Lord and the power of the Holy Spirit, but it just makes life so much richer. It sure does. There's just times where you know you cannot do it on your own, and uh, you just, you need someone in, you know, body um, mm-hmm. to encourage you. You need somebody with skin on, don't you? That's exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. So... You shared that you went away to college and lived four months, and then you got married. Yes, yes. And you came back to the Valley. Yes, I met my late husband, Richard, at Virginia Tech, and it was the summer before our senior year. And I had gotten sick and had to miss the first part of the winter semester, or quarter, it was in quarters then. Um, And if I hadn't, I always tell my students this, that, you know, everything happens for a reason, and I had to go to summer school, and no one wants to do that. But I was going to summer school, and that's when I met my late husband, Richard, because he was co-oping, and Mm. so he would work two semesters and then be back two semesters or two quarters, and that's where I met him. Mm. And so um, he had a very good job in his field of study, and he was from Northern Virginia, so we kind of switched places. He got a job here 
in Harrisonburg uh, working for an insurance company, and I didn't have a job in what I had studied in nutrition, so uh, we um, decided that it would be he did not want to fight the traffic, and I figured out what I, you know, uh, D.C., and I enjoyed it there, but moved back here. Mm-hmm. And then we got married and started a home in Bridgewater. And you all had? Yes, we had two children, 21 years of marriage. We had Daniel and have Madeline. And um, I lost Richard and my son Daniel um, in a very tragic accident. And it'll be 15 years this year in May. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were, uh, yeah, we have active members here at the Nazarene Church. And mm-hmm. so, um, yes, they uh, were killed in a, uh airplane crash, totally unexpected. And um, Daniel was uh, 16. Mm-hmm. And Maddie, my daughter, uh, was only 14 at the time. And so um, just the two of us were left, mm-hmm. and it was just the two of us together for, uh, it just seemed like such a long time, um, for, but it was like four years. Mm-hmm. And um, then God put um, Dwayne, my husband now, Dwayne Frederick, in my life. And I knew him through our children and the school they went to. That day of that tragic accident that Daniel and Richard were in, I remember where I was like yesterday. Like there's some events that happen, Mm -hmm. and I just, I remember me and Dad, Dad got the phone call. We were on our way to D.C. um, to see a baseball game in D.C., and and, uh, I remember uh, just, you know, praying. I think uh, Daniel passed away right away, but Richard made it through the night before he passed away. And we I just remember praying for him and just praying for you and praying for Maddie and um, just just a tough uh, situation. Uh, but uh, God was with you. And uh, thank you for being willing to come and share uh, this with us. And uh, maybe anything else you remember uh, from that day or those days. Yeah, it just was, you you couldn't understand it. It just, because Richard was flying all the time. He had his commercial pilot's license. He had flown, you know, banners over the beach with uh, Christian messages. We all got to go and see that. And, um, you know, that's dangerous, but he trained for that. And um, it just didn't make sense at all. Um, But... Um, I really felt the Lord with me that whole time. I mean, it was really, really dark, that's for sure. Um, Daniel and I were really close. I I think, you know, we had a lot of soul Mm -hmm. closeness. And, um, yeah, we were just a very happy family, always did everything together. And... um, so, yeah, they were out uh, flying that day together, um, and they flew together a lot. When I looked back over Richard's log books, um, everything gets logged, and 
I saw so many times that they uh, have been flying together. Like, that was just typical. And um, so uh, the thing that stands in my mind was just all the pastors from this church came and just gathered around us. Um, My brother had to go and get Maddie from school and tell her what happened. Mm. So that was a really tough job to do. And um, it took them a while to find me, so they had already um, sent Richard in a Pegasus to UVA, and Daniel they sent right away to UVA, but Richard they did not send right away. Um, But I was away at a conference that day, so that's why it was hard to find Mm. where I was. But um, one thing that we always did, uh, Richard and me and the children would all hold hands every morning before we left home, and uh, Rich would pray for us, Mm. all four of us. And um, my son Daniel was really, really tall. I don't know how tall he would be today, but he was like 6'1 and a sophomore in high school. And he had these big hands, and I just remember we were holding hands, and I would take my fingers and, like, um, during the prayer, kind of scratch his palm, and um, he would do the same to me. Just like if Richard had said something like, you know, that I wanted him to know that I was praying that for Mm -hmm. him for the day, safety and comfort during the day. Anyway, that's just something that came to mind. So we did that every morning. And the church just, the church people gathered around us. My family were there, um, mom and dad, my brother and sister-in-law, my cousin Lisa, a dear, dear friend, Barbie. Just I had a lot of people that gathered around us. It was just really hard for me and Maddie at first, um, you know, grieving differently. Um, But it sure helped having people that came along beside us. But there were some pretty dark nights. Mm, Um, Yeah, just... Yeah, really dark nights. Um, but I just um, held on to Christ. There, I couldn't really concentrate or focus on anything, and I probably was in shock for a good three months. I couldn't even drive anywhere myself the first month. This, So we made the joke that I, it, a friend of mine said, I'm driving Miss Daisy, only it's <laughs> Miss Debbie. <laughs> but honestly, the first time I went, the first week I was driving, I would get so many cars beeping at me because it just took so much concentration, mm-hmm. and you just don't have it, you know. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a dark time, but I and thank God so much that I had Maddie. Um, I really... I'm so thankful for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's two things that really stick out to me um, during that time. Um, one was being here the night of the service. Mm-hmm. This place was packed. Yeah. Their influence is broad. It was. When the youth came up at the end, when Pastor Carrie 
had given the bracelets, and I think the church had gotten those. And Daniel always wore this bracelet that had, what would Jesus mm-hmm. do? And him and Richard both just had a major impact. Richard was doing so much to an outreach, and Daniel, in his quiet way, just was such an influence. And so to see all those youth come up at the very end and get a bracelet, and they just kept coming. Like, that was so impactful. That was very powerful. It really was. And then to hear from some of the students at the school that they saw a lot of youth wearing these bracelets the next day. Mm -hmm. It was major impactful. I talked to someone recently that actually spoke that night. I'm trying to think what his name was. He was a student at the time, and I cannot remember his name, but just recently he told me that he was here and Mm -hmm. um, how impactful that was on him. I remember you having me say a few words or share a few stories, really what I remember. And I remember the Wednesday night before the accident, uh, Daniel was at youth group that night, and uh, he had been coming a couple weeks before that. And our ABS, our small group, on Monday night, he had been coming. He met at a couple's house, some of the youth. And I just remember, I mean, originally we met, you because we were neighbors with you and then Daniel and I played farm league together but I remember closer to the accident when he was two years younger than me and he was a part of our small group but like you said he was quiet but just his presence his consistent presence Mm -hmm. um, always showing up and you know I don't ever remember him having a negative word to say always positive words and encouraging words to share always be things that I remember about Daniel. That's awesome. Yeah, I know that um, I am. thank God that we all were able to go to um, Fort Lauderdale, Hollywood, Florida, um, when Richard was flying the banners. And um, I'm glad that they got to go with us. I look back at that time, and it just, we were so close. And Daniel was really always looking out for me too and just um while Richard was flying the banners we would be on the beach and videotaping the banners and everything but um Richard thought it might be good if just the two of us went because it would give me a break from work and I could relax during the day and we somehow talked him into all of us going (laughs) and I remember Daniel saying well, but mom will be by herself all day long, you know, so this way we can all be together. And I just thank God for that because him and Maddie also, he would share things that was going on in his life with her that he shared with no one else. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it was a really good healing time for all of us Mm -hmm. and a really wonderful family time. And that was actually just like a couple months Mm. or a month before that yeah that was um the i remember the night of the service but the other Mm. thing that stands out so clear in my mind is of course in such a tragic accident our concern for you yes and i'm just sitting here thinking about what you shared with your grandmother 
and the strong faith that you had. And it helps me to understand, although I know you had dark nights, you had a strength that endured through that grief. And it just all makes sense. Right. As I look at the whole picture, how God prepared you, we don't understand all of that uh, when the hard things come, but you had a solid foundation and you had a good support system around you and you and Maddie survived that. Yes. And uh, how is Maddie doing? She's just really doing wonderful. Um, it's really incredible what God has done in her life. She was kind of like me in that she wanted to branch out. She had lived in a small area, gone to a small college, and she knew she wanted to go to the city, and she wanted to go to Chicago because she liked that city the best of all. And that's where her grandparents, my mother-in-law and father-in-law, Martin and Marvel, actually met in Chicago, mm. got married and lived there for several years. And um, so she's in Chicago. She got a job right away in sports marketing. And um, so she's just really enjoying that. It's good to hear. Yeah. Um, so she's doing very well. You know, I heard this the other day that you don't ever get over grief, mm -hmm. but you live through it, and it just helps you to really love the people that God puts in your mm -hmm. life and not take them for granted, not mm -hmm. take each day for granted. I mean, there are going to still be days that can be hard just mm -hmm. But, you know, you hold on to God because mm -hmm. that's what's lasting. Mm -hmm. Plus, we have the hope of eternal life. Uh, Richard was baptized and gave his life to Christ. And Daniel was baptized at the age of 12, just like me. And he, um, I know where their hearts were. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about eternity... Like, I always think, God, I really wish you'd answer my prayer about Maddie coming living closer. <laughs> but I th always think, well, we will have eternity. Yeah. You know, um, sometimes relationships are severed by death, and some are just broken. Yes. And um, that's one thing that I always said in, in my situation is I know that in my relationship, people were still alive, but we were still, you know, there was some brokenness there. And that was something God gave me early on is you all love the Lord and you will spend eternity together. Um, and he healed those relationships in the midst of all of that um, on this side of the grave. And I'm grateful for that. But it is a real blessing um, when we have loved ones that do go on and we know where they are and that we will have that reunion one day. That was the one thing I could hold on to, you know, mm -hmm. um, that really helped. Mm -hmm. I just had to hold on to that. Yeah. Otherwise, it would have been so hard to have left the hospital, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So four years passed, and you're married and mm -hmm. um, to Dwayne. Yes, we've I, been married 
almost 11 years. Wow, that's hard to believe. It is. Um, and what do you do now? I, I teach school. It was a dream that I had when I went into college, and I get to do that. I teach at Bridgewater College. I'm a registered dietitian, and I teach nutrition, and I just love it. And I get to be with all these young people every day and hopefully influence them a little bit, hopefully reflect the light of Christ to them, too. Yeah, I've I've just... I, you shared about um, you grew up at a home that really believed in evangelism. Mm-hmm. You um, had that in your first marriage, and I know that Dwayne helps here in he reaching does. out and bringing people in. And I just see this whole string thread throughout your life of evangelism, and you're still living that out on the college campus. Thank you. Um, I hope to. I bring uh, my students here to work at the food bank. Mm-hmm. And it's a great experience for them. And I always ask, you know, in evaluations, should we change that? And they always say, keep that. And a lot of them want to come even more hours. That's awesome. It's a great experience Mm -hmm. to do that. Yes, for sure. Uh, Well, Debbie, thank you for joining us today and sharing your testimony with us on Front Porch Talks. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. We pray that Debbie Dunn Frederick's testimony has been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Front Porch Talks is sponsored by Harrisonburg First Church of the Nazarene in partnership with Sunshine Ministries.